Greetings and welcome to The Well. It is Independence Day. I hope you're having a wonderful weekend, July 4th. You know the story. July the 4th, 1776, the Continental Congress declared that the 13 colonies were no longer subject to the British throne. They were now free and united states, and we celebrate our independence today. Isn't that a wonderful thing to be independent, at least politically? I want to think about that with you today as we have our weekly devotional, not necessarily about being independent politically, but being dependent spiritually on the grace of God. And so, as you know, we're working through a series together. We're calling it Words to Grow By, and today's, or this week's, I should say, Words to Grow By are, I Need Help. And we're going to be looking at the story of Jesus' first miracle. You remember the story. He was at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. He was there with his mother, among others. And during the wedding ceremony, the people ran out of wine who were serving the guests. And in Jesus' day, that was a great source of shame. It was a huge faux pas. It was something that would cause great embarrassment for a family. And so there they are. They're sitting at this wedding ceremony. They run out of wine, and in verse 3 of chapter 2, in the gospel according to John, we read Jesus' mother leaned over to him and said, Hey, they have no more wine. In other words, Jesus, we have an issue here. We have a problem here, and we need help. You know, don't you find it interesting that so many of us find it difficult to ask for help in life? We think it's a sign of weakness, a sign that we are not um, able or capable, a sign of being dependent, and we are just embarrassed by that. My wife and I were recently down in Hilton Head, South Carolina, and as we were driving to the island, I just had this sense that I was lost. Now, we had the GPS going, but it just felt wrong to me, and I, I said to my wife, I think the GPS is making a mistake here. I think the GPS is wrong. And so I pulled over, but I didn't ask anyone for help. I thought for a moment, I looked around, and I decided I'm not going to trust this device that's called a global position satellite. No, I think I'm going to trust my own memory of Hilton Head Island from a visit in 1989 because I did not want to ask for help. You know, we just find it difficult to ask for help, and yet this is the very first miracle of Jesus I would say it is also the very first prayer, and it is also, I would say, and here's what's important to think about this week, it is the first step we take in walking with Christ when we just say, I need help. I'm not capable here. You know, the average American, let me ask you this in the form of a question, how many hours per year do you think the average American spends looking for a parking spot while driving? If you guessed 17 hours, you guessed right. We spend 17 hours just kind of driving around looking for a parking spot. How many hours do you think we spend being, quote, stuck in traffic? In other words, we're in traffic and we are not moving. I'm not talking about being at a stop sign or stoplight. I mean, we are in a traffic jam. We are not moving. The average American, we spend 40 hours a year stuck in traffic. But here's the statistic that is informative for our conversation this week. How many miles do you think the average American man drives, I said man, drives while lost? How many miles do you think guys drive around every year 
being lost. If you guess 300, you're about right. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 miles every year, we drive around not knowing where we're going. I mean, I cover that by April. And the reason we drive around lost so much is that we think we are self-sufficient and we do not need any help. It takes courage, you guys, to ask for help in life. It takes courage to admit weakness. It takes courage to admit need. And yet what I want us to understand is this is essential to our life with God. There's a wonderful theological term. It's called, the, the term is, is total depravity. And total depravity, doesn't, it sounds awful, but it is essentially a description of the human condition apart from the grace of God. And so reformers, hundreds of years ago, in the Christian faith who had studied this their entire lives said, human beings are totally depraved on our own. In other words, on our own, we cannot know God. On our own, we cannot please God. We cannot bless God. We cannot enjoy God by our own efforts. Because even our best efforts are saturated by our humanity, saturated by our flaws, and saturated by sin. We are totally depraved. Aren't you glad you're listening to this podcast today? You didn't have to tune into this to, to hear you're totally depraved, but that is the truth. When the wedding host ran out of wine, Mary asked Jesus for help. So let me ask you a question to think about this week. What are you running out of in your life? What are you short on? Where are you feeling depleted? Are you running out of strength or compassion? Are you running out of patience or faith? Running out of hope or love or time? And the question is, who will you turn to for aid? Who will you turn to for help? You see, this first miracle of Jesus, it seems kind of odd, doesn't it? That of all the miracles he performed, this would be number one. I mean, he did some amazing things in his life. He fed 5,000 people with five loaves of, of bread and two fish. He walked on water. He raised a friend from the dead. Was he just kind of starting small and building up here in this miracle? I don't think so. Actually, this miracle is foundational to understanding what it means to walk with Christ because it all begins with those simple words, I need help. You see, it's significant that Mary turned to Jesus. Throughout the Bible, God is referred to as our helper. God is referred to as our help. Let me read a passage to you from the book of Psalms. It's Psalm 33. We wait for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Not only do we say God helps us, we say He, in fact, is our help. That's who God is. And so this miracle reminds us that that's who we turn to. It's what God does. God designed you and me to joyfully depend on Him. God says, I want to be your help in all seasons of life. And you probably know married couples. I do who say, our relationship just kind of works. He does A, B, and C, and she does 1, 2, and 3, and that's just how we operate and our family flourishes because that's the way it works. God has designed you and me to depend on Him. God wants to be our helper. That's how it works. That's how we operate spiritually. And so no matter how good we think we are, or self-sufficient we feel, or together, or on top of things, there comes that moment in life when we realize 
we're running out of you fill in the blank. And we say, I need help. That is the beginning of our life with Christ. And so I want to move on. What happens next? Jesus says to Mary, here's what I want them to do. And Mary says to the servants in John chapter 2, verse 5, do whatever Jesus tells you. Do what He tells you. Respond. Obey. Don't just kind of hear what He says, but do it. And so Jesus says, I want you to fill these jars with water, in verse 7. And the text says, so the servants filled the water, filled the jugs with water to the brim. They didn't just go kind of halfway. No, they went all the way. They sold out all the way to the brim. You see, if you and I want to see the power of God at work in our lives, we start by obeying God. We start by doing what He says. That's what, that's what Mary said to the servants. Hey, whatever this guy tells you to do, you do it. And you and I can look to God's Word and see what God is telling us to do in our lives. Let me give you an example. In the New Testament, Paul writes that God will transform us by renewing our mind. So you and I will have our lives totally transformed, and God will do this by renewing our minds. But then he also goes on to write elsewhere. That's in the book of Romans. Elsewhere in the book of Philippians, in chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, Paul writes this, Finally, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. And so not only does he say, on the one text, I want to God wants to renew and transform us by renewing our minds, he also says, and here's what you need to do. Here is your part in the deal. You see, God's help in your life involves your cooperation. The servants obeyed. They cooperated with Christ. When you and I pray for God's help, we put it all in God's hands, knowing that it is God who enables us to do whatever it is that we want to do in life, yet we also do our part. Jesus, you know, he could have just kind of waved his hand and, and, and created wine. But he didn't do that. He had the servants take part. They had a stake in it. They participated in it. And so it was a partnership between the divine and the human, that very first miracle. And when you and I say to God, I need help in this area, it begins a partnership that you and I have with God. One of the things that I say often and, and think about often, and we do as a church as well, is that we pray like everything depends on God, but we work like everything depends on us. And, and I want to take our time here because I don't want to be misinterpreted. If, if you and I, so let's just state it again. If you and I want God's help, we don't simply make a, a demand and sit back. No, we begin the process of having God's will done by learning what God wants from us, consulting His Word, spending time in prayer, spending time in Christian community, finding out what He wants for us, and doing that very thing. And in time we recognize our helpers at work. Maybe He answers our request. Or perhaps He changes our desire. Or changes our, our request. 
So for example, you say, God, I have this relationship. I want you to heal this relationship. The first thing we do is we pray and we look at God's Word to see, what does God want me to do in this relationship? How does God want me to serve this person and show respect for this person? How does God want me to show compassion for this person? How does God want me to practice honesty and speaking the truth in love with this person? And then over time, we see that God begins to heal that relationship because we're continuing to pray for God to do that. But we have our stake in that. Again, this hypothetical relationship we have that we say, God, I need your help. We don't just say, God, help this relationship or make that person better, whatever the case might be. No, we begin to practice what God tells us to practice in his word in the way we relate to the people around us. So let me give you one more insight. Again, we're thinking about being dependent on God. Our walk with him begins when we say, God, I just need your help. One final insight. In verse 4 of that same passage we're reading from John chapter 2, Jesus says after his mom says, hey, they've run out of wine, he says to her, my time has not yet come. And that is a wonderful reminder for you and me that God has his own timetable. God has his own timing. Sometimes it might seem like God is tearing unnecessarily in our minds, but God has his own time for you and for me. God is going to hear our requests, but he is going to respond in his own timing. Remember in the Greek language, two words for time. It's so important to understand. If, if you don't, um, please know this. One word for time in the Greek language is chronos. It's how we mark time with seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, centuries, and on and on and on. Chronologically, I'm wearing a chronometer on my wrist right now. But there's also this wonderful Greek word, kairos. And kairos means God's timing or God's time. We see it mentioned in the Bible, in the fullness of time. Uh, you know, God came to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ. And so if you have something you're praying on, asking God for help, understand, as Jesus said to his mother, it's not my time yet, that God has his own timing in whatever that case might be. We all need help. And so the word total depravity, or that term, means that we are utterly depraved and we cannot please, know, bless, or serve God on our own. So we have to go to God and say, I need your help, give me your grace. But we also learn from this story that in our daily lives, when we have things we need God's help in, which in my case is everything, we can turn to God in all seasons, and understand that's what God wants to do for you and me. And so remember, we first obey, we do as God says, we sell out, we go all the way, we fill it to the brim, and then we trust and we pray knowing that God has his own timing. It's, it's funny, I, you know, as you know, I'm a Presbyterian minister. If you don't, I'm a minister at Crestview Presbyterian Church just outside of Cincinnati. And when I'm speaking often, I notice that I will say something, and I'll see a wife look at her husband and elbow him as if to say, Hep, he's talking to you, honey. Or a husband elbows wife. Are you listening to what he's saying? Or a parent elbow their child, or a child elbow their parent, or a friend elbow the other friend as if to say, are you listening? He's talking to you. But the truth is, 
Scripture is talking to us all. And God is saying to you and me, let me be who I am, your help. And when we turn to him and ask for help, it begins this wonderful life in the Spirit. We're going to let the wallflower, 6th Avenue heartache, take us away. I hope you have a terrific week, and we will be together again next week.